Our scripture reading today comes from the 11th chapter of the book of Matthew, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word of God for the people of God. Let us be in the spirit of prayer for a moment. Holy and loving God, we inch forward this morning, eagerly hoping to hear a word for our lives. Give us grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed, courage to change the things which should be changed, and the wisdom, your holy and infinite wisdom, to distinguish the one from the other. Amen. So last week we started a sermon series entitled Tending the Soil, Tending the Soul. Using the metaphor of tending the soil of the earth, we are invited to reconnect to our own earthliness and tend the soil of shared leadership, purposeful volunteerism, and high engagement in the church. Meanwhile, we are also reflecting on the health of our own souls as individuals, asking what is it that is needed today to transform the compost of our hearts into rich soil for the work of the gospel. There is a poetic translation of today's gospel found in the message by Eugene Peterson. Listen to this version if it speaks to your soul. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and I'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus' audience were people that were caring a lot. Not only was Roman rule heavy with oppression, but the Jewish people were being crushed by their religious leaders, too. The Pharisees had codified the Mosaic Law into 365 prohibitions. Those are things that you cannot do. And 250 commandments, things that you had to do. Now, who can remember and do all of that? Acknowledging no one could live up to those kinds of expectations, Jesus offered up relief for his people. Relief joy and grace through a partnership with him. 
This was an invitation aimed at all people, the curious and the convinced. Jesus' invitation to tend to our weary souls with much-needed rest is like, ah. Now, maybe you aren't as weary as this reverend mommy who feels weighed down by all of the heaviness that comes with being a Christian in America. But Jesus' words today are a gift to all of us. Jesus knows. He knows because not much has changed in 2,000 years. There are a lot of burdens that keep us from the abundant life that God intends for all of us. Fear is one of the biggest ones. We fear loss or pain or a thousand worst-case scenarios. But fear is a burden. It keeps us locked in a prison cell where our only companion is what we fear the most. Anger is another burden that some of us carry. And most of us never learn that anger is always a secondary emotion to being hurt. Anger feels like protection from ever showing how fragile and weak we feel, but anger also keeps us miserable, in turmoil, stuck in a place where we relive that hurt over and over and over again. And then there's that heavy burden of pride. Pride shows up in ways of comparing and competing and perfecting. We don't just want to keep up with the Joneses. We have a driving desire to be better than the Joneses. But that nagging insecurity is never satisfying. We never land at feeling good enough. So yes, Jesus' invitation is soothing and suspicious. Because we're not stupid. Jesus is clearly seducing us with rest. The paradox is that he invites us to a deeper commitment. Wait a minute, we say, Jesus, this is a bait and switch. How can a deeper commitment feel like less of a burden? How can taking up something heavy like a yoke be a pathway to rest? There must be something more to this. It's a pretty good sales pitch for Rabbi Jesus to entice a weary people with rest. He is echoing Genesis, where each creature is called good, but the whole of creation at rest on Sabbath is not called good. It is called holy. Sabbath is so holy that it is one of the Ten Commandments, and yet most of us are not this intentional with our time off. So what are we talking about when we are talking about Sabbath rest? Well, from what I can understand but have very little experience with, Sabbath is more than eight hours of sleep a night. Unfortunately, it is not a day at the spa or being narcotized with shopping or being distracted with a night at the movies or time spent with friends. It is not a Saturday of doing errands or going to the kids' soccer game. And because I am really bad at taking a real Sabbath, I have been told that there is a difference between recovering and Sabbath rest. 
You see, if I've had a particularly busy and hard week, my day off often looks like laying on the couch and watching Netflix. Yes, sometimes we need to recover, but this is also not Sabbath. Sabbath is time spent apart to recenter and pull our lives together again. Sabbath calls us to simply be. Eugene Peterson writes, if you don't take a Sabbath, something is wrong. You're doing too much. You're being too much in, contro- in control. You've got to quit once a week and just watch what God is doing when you are not doing anything. Sabbath rest, if we practice it, infuses us with attention to this present moment. Attending to the present moment, to where God shows up, takes intentional time in stillness, solitude, and silence. And so, for many of us, taking an entire 24 hours to do such a thing sounds like a luxury. And if that is you, your pastor is writing a permission slip to take any amount of time in stillness, solitude, and silence. Because if you're paying attention to God in the shower for three minutes before the children wake up on a Tuesday morning, congratulations, you've just taken a Sabbath. There is so much talk today and in today's world about church growth. From the numbers of butts in the pews to the money in the offering plate, churches are expected to grow. But I would argue that we also must prioritize rest. In 19 years of ministry, I have witnessed volunteer and pastoral burnout at alarming rates. Church work is hard because volunteers are needed, but often the work is paired with high expectations and very little expressions of gratitude. And there it is. Service in the church reveals how human we are. And boy, it is disappointing to see what people are really like. As a retired pastor once told me, people at church don't check their personalities at the door. But that is what is rewarding about church work too. Church is precisely the place that we get to be our real authentic selves. And despite all of our flaws, when we deepen our engagement, we learn how to speak truth in love with people that we don't necessarily like all the time. Service to the church deepens our walk with Christ through disarming our egos and building trust in God. And yes... Every once in a while, we need a sabbatical from that. Not because we are burned out or resentful, but because periods of rest for discernment is soul-tending. Jesus took time away to restore his soul too, but he never stayed away too long. With renewed energy, he would come back into the fold with unforced rhythms of grace. The wisdom of the ages has taught us that the real rest we need isn't from walking away from being an usher or teaching Sunday school. The real rest we need is from the burdens of our own making. The only way to live, to truly live with God, is to let go of the illusion of control. Jesus said, come to me. 
Lay down your burdens and I will give you rest. When we lay down the fear and anger and pride that imprison us, we are able to see that the load became heavy because we caught off our yoke mate. We tried to force solutions and take over by pulling the load all by ourselves. Jesus invites us to learn from him. And that key idea here is that we learn by practicing. Do you understand that? Jesus is not inviting us to be the smartest person in the room. Jesus is inviting us to do as he does. So we can't just dream about a Sabbath rest. We learn from Christ and we take a real rest by being present in the moment. We cannot just talk about justice. We learn from Christ and we engage with people that have been marginalized. We cannot just believe in a particular theology. We learn from Christ and we live with a gentle and humble heart. We cannot just expect others to give money and do the work of the church. We learn from Christ and we pick up his yoke to become the church alongside him through our higher commitment and humble service. Jesus has not, does not, and will never promise us a life of ease. Not going to lie. Being yoked to him is full of risks and challenges and hurts and pains and triumphs as he has made abundantly clear. But I have found that the work of the kingdom actually energizes me when I let go and remember that my yoke mate has never-ending energy for justice and mercy and compassionate work. He is my yoke mate. And because he is your yoke mate too, you and I are in this work together. And all of those who are yoked to him are also yoked to us, which means that the load is lightened by so many. We can look at people in our midst that are caring more than their share and say to them, I see your burden. I've got you. Let me lighten your load today. If the yoke of Christ is light, we have more strength to carry another's burden. And yes, I do realize that even the ones that don't check their personalities at the door are also yoked to Christ and by association yoked to us. Annoying? Yeah, probably. But this is part of the good news for us too, friends. Side by side with Christ, I am learning how to let go of all of my burdens. And as a result, my character defects actually feel lighter in my life. And if that's true for me, I have to assume that it is true for my annoying neighbor as well. Jesus is in this life with all of us, freeing us and saying, Honeys, I see your burden. I've got you. Let me lighten your load today. And so may the unforced rhythms of grace be upon all of us. Amen.